Voice print, please. Spencer John Olam, project director. Access granted. Spencer Olam had a perfect life. Take your home with me. A loving family and a beautiful wife. How's my favorite girl? She's beautiful as ever. On Tuesday evening, he went to bed. An acclaimed scientist. On Wednesday morning, he woke up. Tight security this morning. Access denied. Public enemy number one. A major Hathaway. Enemy infiltration. What's this about? Knock, knock. Who's there? Not Spencer Owen. Now, he'll have to do everything in his power. Spence? Do not believe what they told you. You must trust me. To prove his innocence. This cyborg can learn from it. You are wrong! Come to me! I'll kill you! In a future where nothing is what it seems, and paranoia is everywhere, how do you know who to trust? Do you believe them? I don't know what to believe. It's me. Please, help me. Unknown, a strange journey through the depths of Netflix. It's Anthony Lewis along with Glenn Beauvais. Hello, sir. Hey, what's up? Uh, not too much. Let's uh, let's talk about this film. We brought we've brought it back. <laughs> we've brought back from Parts Unknown. Uh, for those of you who have not listened uh, in the past or to previous episodes, uh, we do about like seven episodes, and then we take a break. And uh, this is, I guess, the third season of this show. Yeah, well, where it's, it's where we randomly select uh, or have a film randomly selected for us by the all Flex, uh, the allflix.net Netflix randomizer thing website, and uh, it turns out a movie, and we watch it and we review it. And uh, this uh, this episode's movie is the 2001 sci-fi movie Impostor. It's uh, important to remember that it is Tor and not Tur, <laughs> because if you're like me, I almost watched the wrong movie, and if you're like Aaron, you watched the wrong movie. Oh, that's like what I did with Sleepaway Camp. I didn't realize which one I clicked on and watched like the whole third movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was supposed to watch the second one. This was uh, this was based off of the Philip K. Dick novel of the same name. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. And uh, <laughs> he definitely has a theme in. Almost any adaptation I've seen of his stuff. The dystopian theme, or because it's very dystopian. For that sure. and people aren't who you think, you think they, they are. are. Yeah, and the protagonist is usually a robot. Uh, so that yeah. is true. Uh, the budget was forty million dollars for this movie. It really? Made, Holy shit! Yeah, you wouldn't know it to look at it. Uh, the box office was eight point one million. 
That's so, probably why Gary Sinise had to start doing ESP or ESPN New York <laughs> on ESPN. CSI New York. CSI New York. Maybe he'd have to go do ESPN after this. Well, it explains, but because I always heard when he was on CSI New York that he had to be contra- uh, contractually obligated to not do other things. He had to do the show, but I know he does. He's really big in the theater, so I guess he probably lost a shit ton of, move, of money making this movie. Because he's an executive producer for it. Uh, the film stars Gary Sinise as Spencer Olam. Uh, Tony Shalhoub plays his friend, Nelson. And uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is the apparent bad guy named Hathaway. Uh, so I'll kind of I'll try to run you through this. as Oh, don't forget Madeline Stow. Madeline Stow plays his wife. There you go. Maya. Uh... So the movie takes place in the year 2079. Uh, however, we are told 45 years prior to that, Earth was attacked. Uh, they're engaged in a war with a civilization from Alpha Centauri, for those of you unfamiliar. That is the next star over from our solar system. That is the next closest one. They're about four light years away, uh, which I guess is really close. Yeah, in light year terms. Yeah, in light year terms, really close. Uh, in actual terms, really fucking far away. Four years at the speed of light it would take to get there. Uh, so pretty far away. Uh, so the this war has, uh, has decimated cities, and there are force field uh, domes protecting many of the larger cities, but uh, most everything else is is left to uh, to suffer. Uh, the ravages of the war, etc., etc. Uh, the movie is following Gary Sinise, of course. He's the main character. He's a designer of a top-secret government weapon. Uh, when he is arrested by D'Onofrio's Hathaway of the Earth Security Administration, or ESA, uh, he has been identified as a replicant. Hmm, that sounds oddly familiar <laughs> for Philip K. Dick uh, story. Uh, he is uh, suspected of being a replicant created by the Centaurians. Uh, apparently he has a bomb in his chest, and if he gets close to his target, in this case the Chancellor or the President or whatever the fuck it is, he is to explode. Uh, but he insists that he is him. He is not uh, a robot, he's not a replicant, he is same old, same old Spencer Olam. And, you know, he... Uh, he tries talking to his friend, uh, Nelson, Tony Shalhoub's character, where he's, uh, you know, doing the whole, like, you know, if I really know you, you'll tell me things that only you would know, that sort of thing. And he was telling his friend all of this, and uh, he uh, eventually escapes before they can, because their attempt to stop him basically involves cutting into his body and taking out his heart and disarming the bomb, uh, which, is where, which is where the bomb is located. He escapes... Uh, a couple of times, and then basically spends the whole middle part of the movie being on the run and trying to get back to his wife, I believe. Because she's a doctor at a veteran's hospital. Yes. And she can... (laughs) They have a machine that can detect, like... You can prove his innocence. Yeah, I guess it's like an x-ray machine. And he finally gets there with his wife, and then a bunch of other things happen... And they... Well, he has a a friend along the way who lives in the ghettos. 
That's right. I, uh, do you remember his name? I don't remember. I know his real name is Mahiki Pfeiffer, but I don't know. I do not re- Is it Gale? Kale. 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 Like that awful yeah. uh, vegetable that people seem to eat nowadays. Uh, yes. Uh, so he meets him. He wants to turn. Yeah. So Spencer finds his way out of the Dome City, and Kale wants to turn him in for money, essentially, sell him back to the ESA or whatever. And Spencer convinces him that you know his wife works in a hospital he can get you uh you know supplies and yeah he's gonna get a bunch of drugs and sell them yeah uh (laughs) so he agrees and then the whole middle part of the movie is them trying to get into the hospital and becoming friends and they become friends of course uh long story short uh spencer and his wife are on the run from the esa agents and uh hathaway is trying to tell uh, Spencer, that they've managed to decrypt the rest of the Centaurian data that they thought was proving that he was the replicant or whatever. And uh, it turns out, Glenn, his wife is the replicant. Because they find the spaceship. They find the crashed spaceship and... Or, or not the crashed spaceship, the spaceship. And he sees his wife's... Original wife's body. She is dead. And it's like, holy shit, she's a replicant. All the ESA guys shoot her. And... Yeah, she gets blown up. And in the midst of this, uh, some of the agents uncover another body, and it is the body of Spencer Olam. Oh my goodness. He really was a replicant robot thing. And, and then he as, blows up. And as soon as he realizes it, he explodes. Uh, in the final scene, the news announces that Hathaway and the Olams were killed in an enemy attack, as if the government was covering up the truth or didn't know what actually happened. And Kale wonders if he ever really knew Olam's true identity. So, uh, what, what did you feel about uh, about this movie? I actually kind of liked it up until the last five minutes, where logic completely goes out the window, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of contradictions. Yes, like so. <laughs> why did he? First, we'll break. I'll have to start from the beginning. So. His robot wife sees the one that she murdered, and she goes to run away, and they just gun her down, and she she dies. Yep. Instead of Spencer mourning over the fact that his wife that he's been with for however many years is dead, Mm -hmm. he has to cuddle and find solace in the robot wife that he had sex with that morning of and got killed. That's true. And then when he sees himself, he automatically blows up because I know they mentioned that earlier. Like once they figure out what they are, then they just self-destruct essentially. I'm right. pretty sure that was a throwaway line. Yeah, except his wife didn't. Yeah, except his wife didn't. I don't know why she didn't blow herself up. I don't know because apparently the chancellor was the target, and it's like, well, why don't you try and get as close as possible, and then they blow up Hathaway. Sure. Like I said, up until that point, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I can get into this. And then it became as Philip K. Dick as it could get yeah. <laughs> in the last five minutes, and then everybody's dead. No one is who they seem to be. Yeah, And then Surprise. none of them survive. <laughs> Surprise. The guy whose brain was essentially washed away by a lot of LSD and acid uh, <laughs> wrote a story where no one is who they thought they were. Weird, man. That's really trippy. Uh, it was, I, yeah, like I said, I liked it up until a point, but yeah, the last five minutes, I was just like, this is retarded. I I liked, 
Uh, I really liked the beginning of the movie. Like, I was really in. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I mean, it, but the weird thing was about aesthetics. That it, and I was trying to pinpoint it because I also watched The Mummy because I fucking love that movie. And that's from right around the same time as well. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I was watching this imposter movie. And I don't know how to, like, word it or how to pinpoint it. But it felt like the last of those types of movies aesthetically. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the way it looked. It looked like like a 90s action movie. Yeah. You know, I, uh, or even, I mean, I know Hook is like 89, but like it felt like, you know, like you know, whenever they actually built sets mm-hmm. and some of them looked kind of cheap, like that's what it reminded me of. Like it was, it was like the last of its kind. And it, I guess it was shot on uh, digital because you can tell like the way the camera is, it's really grainy, like early digital. Uh, recording versus film. Mm. Um, there I don't are, know. Uh, I should note uh, that I found the visual effects in this to be bad, even by 2001 standards. Yeah, no, it was bad. Uh, it was, it was really, really aw- bad. Really awful uh, computer effects. Uh, just unforgivably bad. I, I know they only did $40 million budget on this, but you can't do... You can't do space battles, and you can't even though they didn't show very much of it. They had a giant explosion at the end. Like you, you, you got to do a little bit better than that. It, it looked almost. It, it looked about like the quality of like the sci-fi uh, in-house movies uh, that they make now for sci-fi channels. So uh, about that quality is what this had. Uh, there are. I tried to. Uh, amazingly enough, I was able to. Uh, I found uh, some kindred spirits when looking up reviews for this movie because I wanted to see what it got tomato score-wise, which, by the way, was 22%. Uh, It was not favored uh, very heavily, but uh, this was my my favorite one that that said that the movie wears out its welcome by the half-hour mark and doesn't do anything to stir anything uh, anything up into the climax. You could spend the entire midsection of the movie in the bathroom and not miss much. And I agree. There is uh, a lot of people said that this would be better as a 40 minute short film uh, instead of uh, an hour and 40 minutes, which I think is what the the running time was. Like the beginning and the end is where things actually happen. And the middle really just, you know, kind of dragged for me. I don't know. Did it? It was like a really bad fugitive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was just constantly on the run, and nothing particularly exciting or interesting was really happening. I, uh, I was kind of, you know what, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I was let down by this movie in that I'm either hoping we find uh, unintentional gold or something that's, you know, really awful, that it's fun to talk about how crappy it was but this was very much a movie in the middle uh where there was some good parts to it but it was largely kind of just there and uh you know it, it zapped up about an hour and 40 minutes of my life and that's about all i can say about it i guess uh what do you remember what netflix uh thought that you might uh rate this movie uh like a three i mean it was really mediocre yeah, I I think it would. I think it suggested I'd give it a two and a half. Yeah, but I'd probably give it a three. All all things considered, like there were definitely parts of it. Uh, Gary Sinise, I liked. 
I think he's kind of I think he's kind of underrated in some ways. Oh yeah, he's totally underrated. Um, you know, apparently so I... he's like a fantastic theater director. Really? Yeah, I was listening to Ethan Hawke talk about him because he owns a theater production company, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, he's like the best person to work with in theater. Um. <laughs> uh, well, jeez. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint everybody. I wish we really had more to say about this movie, but yeah, it just kind of uh, happened. Would you recommend people go out of their way to watch this, Glenn? No, man, me neither. And that's a sad way to begin this. This the third season. I mean, we could talk about a movie I I actively sought out and watched called Cowboys versus Dinosaurs, and that was awesome. Was that good? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really good uh, in the worst way possible. Yeah, it was really entertaining. That's some sci-fi for you right there. It, it's on Netflix. It's incredibly bad special effects. They are horrendously bad. Hmm. The Velociraptors become transparent when they swim in the water. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's how bad the animation is. Alrighty, and they're then. really fast. Like They're really fast twitch and everything moves like too quick. I'll pass. I think I'll pass. No, it's that. great though. You'll, oh, you'll love it. Yeah. Okay. Just there's a guy. There's at the like the protagonist in this is about a guy who left town, and they show all of this in the beginning of the movie because he's driving on the highway and they keep flashing back to his past. And he was a bull rider, and one day he got knocked off a bull, and it like he got sick from it, and he got into drugs, and he got into alcohol, and he started <laughs> beating his woman, whose name is Sky. Yeah. And he comes back to town and she's dating the sheriff. And they want him out. And then he's, you know, he wants to get his life together. But the only two jobs he could do is be a miner or he could be a bull rider. He can't be a bull rider and he don't want to be a no mine because he ain't no <laughs> miner. And his best friend is a black guy named Quaid. Nice. And he, Randy. yeah, he's, he's the one who sets off the dynamites in the mines. And when they do that, it unleashes a cavern of dinosaurs. And the dinosaur's <laughs> blood no longer is made of oxygen. It's made of methane because they had to adapt sure. when they got closed in into the caves. So when you shoot them, they blow up. Of course. And you get to see a guy bull ride because he gets to have his eight seconds and he bull rides a triceratops off a cliff and then shoots a T-Rex in the head and it blows up. Like, it's awesome. Like people do. Uh, <laughs> it is. It is. It's incredible. It is so bad, but man, I had a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, that's the movie. <laughs> uh, that's that movie. That well, and that does sound more interesting than. Yeah, I had Oscar to give Rolls. a bonus one just just because. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we'll come back next round uh, when we select yet another movie from parts unknown. Mm-hmm.